Hello, and welcome back to the Court Sense Podcast. I'm your host, Brian McInnes, and given the ongoing state of the world, I couldn't think of a better guy to bring on this week than an actual MD who also happens to be a pretty good basketball player. I'm talking, of course, about Dr. Sai Tumala, the former Hawaii marksman who is now an orthopedic surgeon in residency in his native Phoenix, Arizona. Tumala, who comes from a family of doctors, arrived as a transfer from Arizona State for that magical 2015-16 season, and, well, was just what the doctor ordered for an already experienced group. His sharpshooting as a sixth man provided a perfect complement at power forward to starter Mike Thomas and the rest of the Bows. He hit some big ones during his most meaningful college season, going 43 for 109, 39.4% from long range, and chipping in 6.3 points per game for the program's first team to win an NCAA tournament game. We catch up with him on his time at UH's med school and life since in the COVID era. As for the current Rainbow Warriors, they're coming off a pretty rough week at home in which they dropped a pair of games to Big West newcomer Cal State Bakersfield. After losing one that was up for grabs last Friday, they got roundly outworked in the rematch on Saturday, resulting in a glaring 39-20 deficit on the backboards and their third straight loss. We'll see what they can muster on the road this week against a very beatable team, Cal State Fullerton, in what could be a swing series to determine whether UH will be in the top half of the standings or the bottom at season's end. But without further ado, let's get started with Dr. Sai Tumala. Here we go. Check out Mike and Kara at Nokaoi Automotive in Kalihi for all your vehicle repairs and maintenance needs. Quick turnaround, affordable, honest, and ASE certified. Call or text 842-6453 to schedule an appointment today. That's 842-MIKE or email nokaoiauto at gmail.com. The best part? Mention the Court Sense podcast for a 10% discount. All right, welcome back to the Court Sense podcast and a very big welcome back to a guy I got to cover in his one and only year for the University of Hawaii, going to the NCAA tournament, winning the Big West as a three-point shooter off the bench, lights out for pretty much all that season, hit some big ones for the Bows on their way to some unprecedented, uncharted territory. Sai Tumala, or should I say, Dr. Sai Tumala, welcome to the Court Sense podcast. Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. It's, it's good to catch up and, you know, been a while. So happy we can talk again. Well, I know you had some some pretty big goals, pretty big dreams during your time as a grad student at the University of Hawaii. Uh, you went on to the John A. Burns School of Medicine uh, shortly after your time your time playing at UH. And now uh, you are back in, in your hometown of Phoenix, right, as a uh, as a doctor in residency. Can, can you just uh, please tell us kind of what life has been like for you of late? Sure. Um, so yeah, you know, after I finished up playing at UH, uh, stayed stayed on the islands, and you know, went to Jabsom, and you know, just really loved my experience there, and uh, you know, grew a lot as a person, and and had a you know, bunch of opportunities presented to myself, you know, at that time, and you know, once I was kind of choosing what specialty I wanted to go into, decided to just kind of go the surgical route um, and pursue you know, career in orthopedic surgery, kind of bones, joints, tendons, things like that. Um, and, uh, just started a residency here at the Mayo Clinic in, in, in Phoenix, uh, and, uh, you know, just kind of got started. So it's been about seven months into residency now and just been really enjoying it and, and kind of 
know, nice being close to family, but, you know, also nice being able to kind of do it, what I kind of set my mind to do. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, I mean, your family has fairly prestigious history of, of going into this type of thing, right? Your dad is a psychiatrist, your uh, younger sister, who was also a college basketball player at Harvard while you were at the University of Hawaii. She is now going into med school. Uh, Shopa Tumala, she's um, kind of following in the older brother's footsteps a little bit there. Um, what, what is it about your family that that's kind of, um, you know, let, let you gravitate toward that field, man? Um, you know, I think we're just a hardworking bunch. You know, my mom's also a doctor. My mom's an OB. <laughs> I'm um, sorry to Mrs. Tamala yeah. for leaving her out. Yeah. Uh, no, she's, she's an awesome lady. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I really think, you know, it's, it's really just, we're just a hardworking bunch. And, and, you know, I think, you know, we really, if medicine is something that for me, at least, you know, I can't speak for my parents or my sister it just feels like, you know, just such a great profession where you have an opportunity to serve and, and work with people and, and help people with your day-to-day life, you know, and that's kind of what, what kind of drew me to it. But, you know, I think seeing my parents do it, you know, seeing, seeing, you know, especially my mom, I mean, seeing the the patients that she delivered and then that grew up to be older and then the relationship she built with them over their, you know, over their life, just, you know, just kind of seeing that and my dad helping people that had really difficult situations, helping them, you know, benefit and, and grow from those, it, you know, it's kind of cool to see growing up and, uh, you know, when I kind of had the opportunity to, to choose what I want to do with my life, it just felt like the right thing. So um, that's really what it is to me. Sure. Um, can you just tell tell me, like, coming from Jabsom, the John A. Burns School of Medicine um, with the University of Hawaii, you know, how, how well prepared did you feel like you were going into your first, quote unquote, real job, if you will, uh, you know, now that you're in residency? Um, did, were you able to just kind of step right in? Is it a or is it a constant learning process as you go? It, I mean, medicine is a, it's a lifelong learning thing. Um, and that's one of those beautiful things about it. It's always changing, always growing. But, you know, I'll say without a doubt, no question. I mean, I felt extremely prepared, you know, with my education I had at Jabsom. Um, and, you know, I'm one of the biggest, you know, proponents of where I went to medical school. I'm really proud of where I went. And I feel like the training that I got um, was really prepared me to be the type of doctor that I want to be. Um, you know, we, we got a lot of clinical experience early. Um, in our, in our medical school, starting, you know, our first, second year, we started to see patients and uh, it really translated to when I was trying to, you know, now that I see patients all the time, it's my job, uh, having that experience early on and, and being taught by people who really care about, you know, not only just care about medicine, but also care about making sure that patients are treated in a holistic way. Um, I had some great mentors and learned a bunch. And I think, you know, it really translated to, to where I am now. So I was, was Jay Gu, the athletic trainer on staff, was he like, you know, your main mentor. I mean, he could, he could lay on hands and work some Jigu, miracles on that bench. Jegu is my guy. Uh, you know, he's one of, my, one of my favorite people, especially when I was at UH, he kept my old man body working, you know, I was towards the end of my career there. So, uh, you know, I still talk with Jay and, and, you know, I think, you know, I think he, he, he could be the ideal mentor for me. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Uh, shouts to Jegu. Uh, no, Sai, I mean, you were you were here as recently as uh, what was it last May uh, was your, your graduation from from Jabsum, uh, mm-hmm. got your your degree there. Um, so you were here for the, the very first two months of the covid crisis. Right. Uh, March is when everything uh, hit the fan, so to speak. Um, the last sporting events here, you know, there was a couple of UH, very prominent UH men's volleyball games. I remember being at that. It was all sold out. It was nuts. Um, and then like the next day or two was you know, 
NCAA basketball or conference tournaments, I should say, first. We're, we're shut down. The, that UH men's basketball team has to fly back from Anaheim that very day. Uh, gets crazy. What was life like for you during that time period? Um, you know, for me, you know, during that time period, it was kind of the back end of my medical school career. Um, and, you know, traditionally, you know, in medical school, by the end of your fourth year, usually you're doing elective rotations and um, it's not usually as busy. You're getting ready for graduation, things like that. You know, you're doing your match day ceremony stuff. So, you know, it wasn't an extremely busy time in my life, you know, uh, as that was kind of starting. But, you know, I, I think that the way that it just affects you is, is more so by seeing what's going on in the world around you. I mean, I really feel for the, the athletes, you know, especially, you know, going through a whole basketball season. And then at the end, when you're looking forward to playing in a conference tournament or, you know, for the volleyball team playing, you know, national competitions and trying to win a national championship, it's, t I mean, it's tough. Uh, you know, I really feel for those guys, you know, and for me, you know, like I said, there wasn't really a lot going on in that time in my life. It was really just a time to just reflect and ready for residency. But, you know, just having that perspective, so being able to see what's going on in the world around me was, you know, it was difficult to see sometimes. Yeah. So even, even now there in, in Phoenix, I mean, I know all pretty much all 50 states have had their share of, of spikes and, you know, uh, waves of COVID. What's the, the procedures like and or just the the protocols i should say for for a doctor in in a hospital or the the, the mayo clinic there um with with this reality right now sure i mean it's affected us all you know arizona is one of the i think at one point very recently we had the highest per capita COVID rate in the, in the world um so it's you know we're not doing great um and it's it's tough to see i mean a part of our rotations is we spend time in the icu um, and our ICUs are just overflowing with COVID patients. Uh, and it's hard. I mean, especially before we, you know, luckily, you know, at this stage, I've been able to get vaccinated and, and kind of feel a sense of protection and relief from that. But before that, you know, we would go and every other patient we would see in like the ER would, would have COVID. And, and, and it was just, you just kind of had to suck it up and, and, and do your best to deliver patients the best care that they can, you know, uh, that, that you can in those times. Uh, and it's hard. I mean, I think everyone's been affected by it. No question. I mean, I know me personally, I've had multiple family friends now pass away from from COVID related complications. And, um, you know, but it also reminds you when you're in medicine as to, you know, what why you're doing what you're doing in these type of moments. And it's your opportunity to step up. So it's, it's not easy. I mean, everyone's affected. Uh, people are losing, you know, their jobs. Um, people are losing their family members. Um, it's not easy. So from a hospital perspective, I mean, I still feel lucky that I got to go to go to work every day and, and do something that's impacting people. Um, but you also see the difficulties and people pass away and they can never, they can never talk to their family members because the isolation precautions and everything like that. So it's tough to see, no doubt. Yeah. Um, and as far as, you know, you, I'm glad to hear that you got, you were able to get vaccinated. Um, I remember when this first, the outbreak really first happened, like, some some like med schools at least I think out here in Hawaii like they were kind of you know fast tracking some some doctors or, or you know nurses to to get to the point where they could treat people like they would if they had finished their curriculum under normal circumstances. Um, I'm just kind of curious if if there's been some of that or if you've you've had to do things outside your normal role in orthopedic surgery like to take care of people um, because because you are a doctor in general. Um, you know, we, we've had discussions here at the Mayo Clinic kind of about 
moving residents to help with, you know, triaging patients and as COVID capacity increases. Luckily, I haven't been pulled too much to to do that just yet. Um, but as a part of being an intern, a surgical intern, we do rotations that are non-orthopedic. So like I said, uh, I was just doing a general surgery trauma rotation. And as a part of that rotation, we spent time in the ICU um, and managing whatever patients come in, you know, from from the, just the general area with whatever traumas that they have. So, you know, it, it it's definitely something that we're just acutely aware of. I mean, on the orthopedic side, a lot of our rotations, especially cases that are like elective cases or things that are voluntary or have been canceled. So it's definitely it's definitely tough on that end for a lot of people who've been waiting a long time to get those surgeries. But um, yeah, I mean, right now I think we're kind of on this 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 gray area where we may be pulled, we may not be pulled. Depends on how it gets. Gotcha. Have you seen a lot of your you know your colleagues, nurses, doctors? I mean, they're kind of the ones on the front lines. Have they, a lot of them, like, gotten, you know, gotten the virus, had to take time away, that kind of thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I've had, my residency is very small, 10 people in my residency and, you know, 30, 40% got got COVID. A lot of our attendings have gotten COVID. I know so many nurses that have gotten COVID. Um, I mean, it's 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 just a part of the, the nature of the, the beast, I guess, when you're in the hospital. Gotcha. Well, uh Let's talk about a brighter subject, Saishamala, <laughs> yeah. uh, and that is how you found your way to the University of Hawaii for that magical 2015-16 year, which was your one and only uh, at UH, as we said, as a, as a grad transfer. Um, you started your career uh, after playing high school ball in Phoenix. You went off to Michigan, which I, I will admit, Sai, I had totally forgotten that you started your uh, <laughs> college career at Michigan. You, you redshirted there, correct me if I'm wrong. If I'm mm-hmm. wrong. Uh, made your way to Salt Lake Community College on a very uh, strong JUCO team. I think you were third team JUCO All-American that year. Um, And then latched on with ASU uh, in your home state and um, had two seasons as a reserve there before you decided to uh, transfer one more time and uh, found your way to Hawaii. So um, please tell me uh, how that kind of all that full journey leading up to your time at UH uh, st- how does that uh, remain in your memory banks right now? Well, it's quite the journey as you just described. <laughs> uh, I've kind of been all, you know, had a, had a college career. I was kind of in a few different places, you know, really glad to end up at Hawaii and, you know, kind of consider that home at this point, um, especially for, you know, my college basketball career. Um, yeah, you know, I started out of college, um, went to the University of Michigan, redshirted in my freshman year. Um, learned a ton about what it means to be a college basketball player. You know, I had a really great experience there, you know, strength coaches and and the coaches there really believed in me and, and, and gave me a good chance. Um, was that other B-line? Yeah, with Coach B-line. You know, we won the Big Ten Championship that year and, and you know, went to the NCAA tournament. So it kind of set the stage for what it means to be on a winning team and what the standards of excellence are um, and how you're supposed to work as a collegiate basketball player. So, you know, it was a great experience for me learning that. Um, I think – I think the theme that that kind of permeated throughout my college career was, you know, I think I was just really trying to grow as a person and really trying to just find the best situation for myself and also not letting myself settle for something that I felt like was less than um, what I should be going for, what I should, what I should, you know, what I feel like I deserve for myself. Um, and, you know, I went to junior college and that was a risk. I mean, I'd never been to Salt Lake City before. Uh, I was 19 years old. And I told myself, you know what, you've been working your entire life to play basketball. You need to give yourself a chance because I really believe that it doesn't, you know, what I'd, what I'd worked up to to that point and what I'd learned in Michigan and, 
and everything that I, that I wanted for myself, uh, just, you know, I had to take a risk on myself and going to junior college is, 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 is a risk. Uh, and so when I was 19 years old, I packed up my bags uh, from Phoenix, drove my parents old Camry, uh, never been, never lived in the snow besides that one year in Michigan. Um, and just kind of packed it up and said, all right, let's do it. Uh, never been to Salt Lake. So parked my car and went into the apartment, put my bags down and said, all right, it's, it's time, it's time to go. Uh, so it, it turned out to be a great year and great, great, great coaching staff, great opportunity for me. Um, you know, got, got a chance to play a ton, you know, like we had a really good team. We had, you know, I played with a guy, you know, we had a first team, a second team All-American, I believe. I was a third team All-American. The year after that, Gary Payton Jr. was on my team. He went to go play at Oregon State and played in the NBA. Um, you know, we had a really good team. We made it to the Sweet 16 that year. I think we, you know, maybe lost less than six, five, six games. And it was just a great opportunity. And coming out of that, you know, I had a ton of offers to go all over the country. Um, you know, a lot of high major Division One schools and, uh and, you know, for me at that point, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And uh, I, I just developed a good relationship with some of the coaches back home at Arizona State. And uh, it just seemed like the right opportunity for me at that time. Uh, so came back home, you know, and, 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 you know, kind of reflecting on that situation, you know, looking back on it now that I'm five, six years out, you know, I just don't think it was necessarily the best situation for me at that time. Um, you know, I think the coach coach was kind of, you know, in a situation where he was, you know, kind of on edge about his contract every year. Uh, you know, two years after I got there, you know, getting fired, uh, which ended up leading to me transferring to Hawaii. Um, and, you know, was that Norm it, Parrish? Was it, was it Norm Parrish? That, was, the, was he one of the connections? To Hawaii, he was. Yeah. 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 So Norm Parrish was, he was a former coach of my junior college. Um, I never played, coached, you know, played under him or anything, but his right. successor was, you know, a coach under him, uh, Todd Phillips, who's my coach at, uh, at Salt Lake. And um, so when I was, you know, deciding to transfer, you know, I, I was kind of going through that whole process in the portal. And, you know, I had, you know, a couple couple offers um, that, that I really liked. Um, and I was, you know, I was getting ready to, you know, getting ready to go to the University of Montana. That's where I was going to go. Wow. Uh, yeah. You almost were a grizzly. I was always a grizzly, you know, I was almost there, you know, they already did a good team They go to the NCAA tournament like every year. Um, and I just wanted a year where I just, when I was looking to, when I was looking to transfer, I just wanted a year where I could go play, make an impact somewhere and, and just help a team win. You know, I, was, I realized it was, I was a fifth year senior, kind of had a lot of experience under my belt, kind of knew what it felt like to win, also kind of knew what it felt like to not win. Um, and just wanted to go somewhere where I could contribute. And you know, I was getting ready to go to Montana, visited, was getting ready to sign and coach could not call me, he said, Hey, come down and check out Hawaii. You know, um, I think we have something good here. You know, I, I never really followed Hawaii it's, it, and it was kind of something that I didn't think about too much, but I decided to come out on a visit. I did some research and talked to a couple guys and, um, I just really connected with coach Gannon on, you know, when we, when we talked, coach Jacobson was one who recruited me too. And, um, Zane Johnson was actually, Zane Johnson grew up in the same neighborhood as me, um, growing up in Arizona. So, um, he, he called me too and we just kind of talked and, so it came out for a visit and just fell in love like right away. Um, you know, I think mostly I think with, first of all, I think I just felt like I just connected really well with, with, with the coaches and I felt like they were really, you know, really interested in giving me the opportunity that I was looking for um, to kind of bring me on board. And second, I mean, just that weekend, I just felt so in tune with the culture and so in tune with, you know, 
the values that I was raised with, I felt like they were just really represented in the state overall, you know, um, just like the family orientation, the way people look out for each other, you know, just this general sense of Aloha, like was, was just so, I, I just felt like it, it just fit with me. So um, it, it didn't take long for me to change my mind <laughs> and then ended up at, at, at Hawaii and um, deciding to call up Coach Gannon and said, hey, you know, I'd love to come out and, 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 you know, play for a year and the rest is history. I mean, you know what happened after that. It was just a great year and um, just super thankful for that opportunity. So um, please just tell me about, I guess, you know, when, when you get here, it's, it's obviously a group of guys who had played together, right, for, uh, for the most part. I mean, between Roderick Bobbitt, uh, you know, Isaac Fleming, Aaron Valdez, Mike Thomas, Stefan Jankovic, that Jovanovic as well, Nico Filipovic. Um, those guys all had played together for at least a year. Uh, Quincy Smith, uh, you know, even the, even the walk-ons, Derby Eno, Zach Busher, they all like had all been there for, for some seasons already. So what was it yeah. like being, you were one of the, the more prominent newcomers yourself and a guy like Sharif Jameh, who was a true freshman who got regular playing time on that, on that tournament team. What was it like finding your way amongst that group and uh, contributing? Um, it was an awesome group of guys. I mean, they, they, they took me in like right away. Uh, I remember first open gym, I played with them. I was expecting, you know, coming from a Pac-12 school, I was expecting, you know, hey, you know, I, I'm, I'm used to playing with really good competition against really good guys. Like, this is going to be good. Like, I'm, you know, I'm going to get to play and I'm, I'm going to feel good about the way I'm playing. And I came out there and I was like, these guys are good. Like, they're all really good. You know, they all could have played it in the pack. But, you know, like, they just were, like, I just felt like they were just dogs. Like, they just played really hard and they were scrappy and everyone was athletic and, and talented. And you know, I was just really impressed that first open gym I remember coming out. And, they t you know, and I think for me, it was just, I, I, my goal coming in was just to embrace whatever role I was given and to, and to play as hard as I could and to do whatever I could to contribute to the team. And I think they understood that for me. I wasn't coming to Hawaii to try and be the superstar and try and take over and be like the man. I, I wanted to come in and just win some games and just contribute. That's what I wanted to do. And I think they understood that. And I think the set of skills that I was bringing, you know, my ability to stretch the floor, to play hard on defense, to shoot threes, and 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 just to to kind of just be a leader off the court, I think they respected that. And, and you know, I think that's why we meshed really well. I, I wasn't coming in to disrupt what they had done. I mean, the team was good before I even got there. Uh, you know, they almost made it to the NCAA tournament the year before. They were like a win or two away. Um, and, you know, they had earned their stripes. They'd been through a lot before Coach Kanak got there. So uh, it wasn't my job to go in there and tell them how to do anything or to attract attention to myself. It was my job to go in there and just and just and just contribute. So they were, I mean, let me tell you, they were, it was a good team. Uh, I knew that right away, that first open gym. Well, I will say, Sai, you, you caught like the perfect window because as you said those guys had been through some stuff leading up I mean the coaching changes uh you know twice before coach Gannat was able to take over uh and, and then uh and then right afterward that following team had to deal with you know the the uh order from the NCAA that they were ineligible for the for the NCAA tournament until it got rescinded at the 11th hour and that team yeah. did get to go to the conference tournament at least uh but it was uh, you found like the bliss zone, my friend, uh, right, right between there. And uh, like, I mean, like you said, those guys that earned their stripes, but um, you brought a specific weapon a defense, notwithstanding in your three ball. And I think you showed it off right away that season. You hit like nine of 13 in the Rainbow Classic 
got all Rainbow Classic tournament team honors. Um, and that was often what you were counted on from from that point on for the season. So uh, did you feel like coming in, I mean, the three-point shot was some, was your meal ticket in a lot of ways? And, and um, you know, can, can you talk about just the, the work you put in uh, to make that happen? Yeah, I mean, I've, I pride myself on being able to shoot the ball. And that's something that I've been able to do my entire career and, and work really, really hard to develop. I mean, starting from when I was a kid, I would just, I mean, I remember the hours I would spend just practicing my farm and practicing in my backyard until my grandma called me in. I mean, I, it was something that I really prided myself on, being able to shoot the basketball and shoot it well. Um, but, you know, in on that team, I mean, I feel like my skill set was, was, I feel like that was a part of my skill set that the team needed. Um, and th- that was my role. So, I mean, I embraced that and I was really happy to do that for, you know, I'm not a better driver than Rod Bobbitt or I'm not, a you know, better at like, getting rebounds and then then you know Mike was Mike Thomas but my job was to do what I do well and then do everything else to the best of my ability and, and that team we needed a three-point shot we needed to we needed to space out the court so those guys could be their best players and their best versions of themselves so sure I mean I, I'm not only a three-point shooter um, if anyone watched me play basketball outside of when I played at UH that's that's not what I generally do but that was my role on the team, and I was I was totally fine with that. And I think that's what made that team special. Everyone kind of just bought into that that role, whatever their role was. Right, right. Um, well, you mentioned you, you kind of knew Zane Johnson from the, the same neighborhood. Have you ever got into a shooting competition with Zane Johnson? <laughs> and if you have, how how did that go? A couple times in UH, we we know we used to shoot after. He's old. He was an old man then. He won't count those. <laughs> he was. He was uh, a couple pounds he won't count those three-point contests anymore so you did get the better of them in those in those exchanges in those exhibitions <laughs> we won't talk about it too much i want to throw him under the bus <laughs> all right all right well i'll have zane on later at, at some point he, he can uh he can try to defend himself at that point uh right. <laughs> si, can, can you just talk about um you know as that season develops i mean you guys uh tie for the regular season uh big west championship uh have that storybook run through the uh big big west tournament um some couple you know you had to fight off long beach state in, in the championship game a team that had gotten you guys twice in the regular season uh mm-hmm. mostly through their rebounding prowess and you guys were able to flip that around um and then please just your memories from that um you know really that full two to three week run on the mainland to, to cap that season uh, yeah that was a crazy experience um i don't think a lot of people realize how we travel at hawaii um, you know, we generally will spend a week on the road and we come back and week on the road and we come back and that experience, we spent three and a half, almost four weeks in hotels, um, just kind of going through this, this, just surreal kind of thing. And we were all just like hanging out together all the time and going playing games. And, um, it was really cool. Uh, but that kind of build up, we won the big West championship, the regular season, big West championship, you know, at clinched it at Davis. And then we go down to the big west tournament and we know that we had a good record and we had a good team but all the marbles were on that tournament you know we had to win the big west tournament because we weren't going to make it outside of that no matter what anyone said um and you know i think it was a team that just that was gonna win no matter what i mean i feel like the just the dna was those there uh you know i i think a part of that came from the fact that they they gone to the big west tournament the year before a lot of the guys that are on that team, um, you know, for me personally, you know, I've been on teams that have won conference championships, won and, and, and knew what that felt like and what that needed to be done. And um, it was all business that, 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 you know, that week that we were there in Anaheim and uh, Long Beach State was, 
I don't think people realize how good the Big West was that year. Uh, it was a good, good conference. UC Irvine was really good that year. Um, Long Beach was really good. Even the teams like in the middle and the bottom, like Santa Barbara was good. They're, you know, so it was a good, it was a good conference, good tournament. Um, and playing Long Beach in a championship, they weren't going to get us three times. I mean, there was no way. <laughs> uh, they beat us at home. I remember when they beat us at home and that was, that, that was a sucker punch. Cause we, I don't, you know, I know nobody wanted to lose games at home in front of our fans, in front of our, you know, our people. And, uh, that last one, when they beat us at home, we, I remember that one going into that game against Long Beach and everyone knew that we had, you know, we weren't going to lose that game, no matter what. Uh, it, that was just the sense I got going to that one. Um, and when we won, it was great relief off our shoulders, but the, I think the beautiful part of that team was we really felt like we could beat anybody and play anybody and beat anybody wherever they were. Um, we played some good teams that year before that, you know, we played Oklahoma, we played them really tight. Um, we went to Texas tech when nobody thought was Texas tech was good. And they ended up they good. like, they final good. Four, you know, uh, we played some good, good teams, uh, in that non-con we played a Northern Iowa team that beat Texas and, and beat North Carolina. Uh, so we, we, we felt like we could really play with anybody. Um, Auburn. Get, you know, and then so and when we play in the Big West, the Big West games were actually to me harder than those non-conference games because you knew those guys really well. They knew your playbook, you knew their playbook. Everyone was prepared. Um, so when we, when we went to the NCAA tournament, uh, we got called to go to Spokane. It was just it was really cool experience. Obviously, that whole time hanging out with each other, like I said, living in hotel rooms, just going from room to room, like just fooling around, being kids, and it was great. Um, and so we we get called to go to Spokane, and uh, and I remember, uh, you know, we're taking the private jet from whatever the NCAA sends you a private private plane, and there's charter. Most, mostly private planes are full because they go and they pick up all the team, they pick up all the boosters, they pick up everyone, and they all go and they fly. But for us, it was just our team, it was just our guys that were there in LA. So we went up there, got to our hotel room. It was awesome, you know, getting ready to prep for uh, prep to play Cal. Everyone's talking about, oh, you know, Cal's got all these NBA guys and they're going to be, you know, they're just, they're, they're going to, they're going to win, you know, they're, 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 we're clearly the underdog, right? We're the 13 seed. So, you know, we're going in that and we never, I never really felt like we felt like underdogs. Um, you know, we had, we had guys that were just supremely confident and no matter who we played, you know, we weren't going to, we weren't going to take, we weren't going to get shell shocked. Oh, that's not, that's not how we rolled. Um, so, you know, I remember we playing Cal showing up to the game and 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 just looking up and seeing just a whole section of tea leaves <laughs> and that was that was really cool uh and that that really just kind of spoke to how much you know how much just hawaii cares about their basketball team how much they care about their university you know people traveled i remember talking to aunties and uncles and they were telling me they traveled you know they, they couldn't get a flight to spokane so they had to fly to seattle and drive for whatever four hours to go to spokane and just because they wanted to be there for that event. I remember talking to people telling me they were watching the game and, you know, on Kauai, just at a bar, like, and everyone at the bar was going crazy just watching the game. Uh, so it was a really cool experience. I mean, being able to win that game was obviously was a lot of fun and something that I'll never forget. Um, but I think just just the whole experience and how much it meant to everybody and and just just the celebrations afterwards. And now it's been, what, five, six years now since that? And it's still like I can still still remember it like it's yesterday. And I don't think you talk to any of those guys, and they'll all say the same thing. Sai, uh, 
what's it like seeing what Jalen Brown is doing right now, like in the NBA, like at a consistent like all star level is yeah. what he's become, and and how big were those two charges that Sharif Jamey took on him in that game? I'll tell you what, you put Quincy Smith on Jalen Brown any day of the week, he's not an NBA player anymore. <laughs> uh, no, I just, I, I mean, he had a rough game against us, obviously, and I think a part of that was we were just, like I said, we were we had some dogs on that team, uh, and they were not going to let let some guy who was supposed to be a you know first round pick in the NBA let let him define how our season was going to go. So uh, we took pride in that. Yeah, I think he had like four points. And Sharif, of course, you know, that guy's like, he's like a feather. You, you touch him and he falls over. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I want to backtrack you like right to after um, the regular season ended, you guys, I believe, stayed and practiced at Long Beach State. You know, you, you lost to them at Long Beach in the regular season finale and trained there leading up to the Big West tournament. And I was there for a practice. And I remember the basketballs that they they rolled out to you guys to use for that had a NIT branding on the basketballs. Does this ring a bell to you at all? <sighs> I don't remember that, actually. Oh, uh, okay. But That's now, that you bring, now that you're bringing <laughs> it up, it makes me angry. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, if, if any listeners don't know, um, if Hawaii had, had lost at any point in the Big West tournament because they were the number one seed, they would have been entitled to a berth in the NIT. So uh, perhaps a little gamesmanship on the part of the uh, the beach there. Uh, leading up, I'm, I'm sad that you don't remember that. So I, 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 uh, I thought a little bit now in retrospect. That's things. I'm glad <laughs> well, we beat them now. <laughs> I mean, that like you said, they had some players: Justin Bivens, uh, Nick Faust. I think the the Maryland transfer. I think that's where he came from. Um, that that year, they you know you guys had some battles. And it was it was fun. Irvine, of course, as you said, was really good. You guys got the better of them twice, which has proven out to be a rarity uh, in the Big West. They they have gotten the better of you know Hawaii the last pretty much every year since and uh you know have emerged as like the consistent power in the league so that's a credit to you guys for you know they run the same system now as they did then same ethos of some really skilled bigs that they build around at Irvine under Russell Turner and you guys took care of them twice um and those were um I should add that was the team that knocked Hawaii out in the Big West Championship the year before uh Mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of people remember so um those felt like momentous wins at the time and and uh sure bore out that way um so Sai, I mean um you know you you uh like you said I mean it, it was quite the crowd there at the Spokane Veterans Memorial Arena uh, even the neutral fans if I you know in my memory they they were uh cheering for you guys pretty hard um both games against Cal and then again against Maryland and um yeah so after you know after that that ended your college career playing days were done um did you know for sure you were going to go straight to med school I mean uh whether was there any thought you might try your hand at more basketball or was that always, always the plan? Yeah, I thought about it. Um, I thought about continuing to play, you know, and play overseas and there were definitely opportunities presented to themselves, but you know, by that point I'd already been accepted to medical school. I was just kind of weighing those options. And, uh, you know, I, I felt like that was the right move for me. Just, you know, just, I, I felt like I was ready. You know, I felt like I'd done what I wanted to do playing basketball and, um, and I was just ready to kind of move on to the next phase of my life. Uh, not that I ever stopped playing basketball. I still play all the time. You know, you, 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 I play all through all through actually medical school. We had like a medical school league with a bunch of doctors. Oh, yeah. um, uh, it was fun. I mean, good. I, mean, I still play now to this day a couple times a week when I can. So, uh, but yeah, I think at that stage in my life, it was just it was time to kind of kind of transition my life to 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 other aspects. 
so okay, come on, Sai. You're you're just dominating the the med school league, right? I mean, isn't <laughs> yeah, that yeah? We <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I was point guard. I was I was a uh, uh, six seven point guard in the medical school basketball league in in, in Hawaii, and uh, we know that you know Hawaii can be uh, vertically challenged at times. So uh, it was it was yeah, it was fun though. I mean, we had a good. It basically, what what it was was every um, every medical school class had their own team, and then we would play with local doctors from town. So you know, like pediatrics would have a team, and all the pediatric docs I wanted to play would play, and like surgery would have a team, and they would, so it was cool. It's just a really cool opportunity to get to know the community docs and get to get to bond with our teammates, and also just play play some hoops. You know, we so, played, we played gym one back at UA. Gym gym one. Yeah, yep. before it got renovated, I'm guessing. Before it got renovated, and then we used to play in Clum after we got renovated because they didn't want to put us in in the nice gym. So. <laughs> yeah, make make the doctors sweat a little bit. Uh, yeah. So this may not be totally analogous to that, but I know you you've taken some trips. Um, you know your your family ancestry is is from India, and um, your uh, you and your sister, I believe, have both gone back uh, to that place and and actually done some either like clinics or just play basketball with some like disadvantaged kids or something there. Right. Absolutely. Um, I think it's just, it's service is just really important in your life to just kind of center you, ground you, remind you of, you know, what's important, what's, what's important to you really. And, you know, for us, it was just the way that we did it. Me and my sister, we love, you know, we played sports our entire life, found the value in sports and helping you develop your character. And we wanted to kind of pass that on. There was an organization called crossover basketball, a small organization out of Boston. They run camps, um, basically for people that come out of the slums in difficult parts of India, uh, in a city called Chennai, Southern India. So we, me and my sister kind of, you know, got in touch with their, with their organizational founder and just kind of talked hoops for a while and, uh, decided to make a trip. And we made a trip, my first trip I made actually before I started, um, at UH, um, to play. And then I made another trip again in medical school. And it was just a cool experience. We would go down, you know, take a bunch of basketballs to these kids that have never seen a basketball before, maybe never seen a basketball hoop before, didn't know anything. We would put them through some drills. We would host sessions on, you know, things like gender equality, things like character development, how sports can help you develop those things. And then we had an ongoing pilot program that we would keep on going throughout the year that they would just kind of keep in touch with these kids and, and give them something to do, give them something to look forward to and use sports as an opportunity to, to kind of develop themselves. Nice. Well, Sai, I'll close by asking, you know, what, what, when you get out of uh, medical school, or I'm sorry, residency uh, there at the, at the uh, clinic, Mayo Clinic in Phoenix, what, what's kind of the, what's kind of the dream, you know, do you want to be uh, uh, like a, um, a, a team doctor for the Phoenix Suns, you know, performing surgery as necessary, or, or do you want to be in a hospital or what's, what's kind of the, uh, you know, where do you, where do you see yourself in five to 10? Yeah, I think uh, as far as what type of practice I want to do, you know, I'm not really sure. You know, I think for me, I, you know, I, I feel really strongly like I, you know, that that I'd like to come back to Hawaii. You know, I love I love the community there. I love the docs there. You know, that's kind of some of the people I'd like to serve if if you know if if we can make that happen. Um, and you know, like I said, I feel I don't know what kind of practice I want to do and all that kind of stuff, but. Uh, for me, it's it's the community that I work with and the people that I'm around that that make it important for me. So, uh, yeah, I think you know, love to come back if, if if I can make that happen. I'll see if I can put a good word in. You know, I I still got some contacts around UH. I don't know what I can do, but uh, 
we'll, we'll see, man. Um, Sai Tumala, Dr. Sai Tumala, uh, it was great catching up with you and, and hearing about some of your exploits in the time since you, you finished your playing days at the University of Hawaii. Uh, it was pretty cool to uh, cover a guy that you, you kind of knew at the time was going to be a doctor, you know, fully planned on being a doctor and has uh, realized that dream um, to this point. So um, tip of the cap to you, Dr. Sai Tumala. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate you having me on.